Good evening, everyone, and welcome <laughs> to another backtrack of the it's RPG March. roulette. We are here. What? <laughs> I said it's March. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me check my calendar. Oh, you're right. It is March. Hold on, let me go put on my other hat. Top of the morning to you! Welcome to another episode of Backtrack with RPG Roulette. We're here to talk about the ins and outs of RPG Roulette, where we play Dead in the West. It's a game where we talk like cowboys and have a rip-roaring good time. Have a, have a rick And we want to share this time? with you. A rip-roaring good time. <sighs> a, a rick-rolling good time. A rip, rick. rip with a P, roaring like a lion. Rip Good time. Rolling? Rick Ryorden? Sorry, I've never practiced I've never practiced saying these words in my Irish accent. Usually it's just top of the morning to you or three hundred and thirty three. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> you have an Irish accent? You don't always just speak like this? Oh you... it's it's what it's what I'm doing right now. What's your normal voice sound like? My Irish. Like this? What what are you talking about? <laughs> I was I was playing with with a leprechaun character that was in this room, but now he's oh done. no no and no! I wasn't here. doing a character. I was I was just doing a funny voice. Mm. First I did my vampire voice, and then I did and then my and very then the vampire left. There was footsteps. This was character. <laughs> <laughs> no no no! That was just discovered. me acting like I was wearing different hats. Uh, I said, let me go put on a different hat. And so, but I didn't actually walk away from my computer. I just, I. So this is the sound of changing hats. No, that's me walking. That's me walking to my hat rack and grabbing a different hat. <laughs> the best part back. of this is listeners. You'll never experience this, but I can see all of them as this is happening. And it's like, they're just like, oh, so this noise happened. And then they like bend down a little bit to like make the noise. And it's very entertaining. That's, that's how podcasting works. Hey, everybody. My name is Keaton Sample. Um, here at RPG Roulette, Red Bet, I play Dale Olson, the Washed Up Vagabond, now Deputy of Rusty Peaks. My name's Luke Howard, and I play Jasper Hughes <laughs> on uh, Red Bet, and I'm here, I'm here to tell everyone that we're gonna have a wild St. Patrick's Day. That's it. Are That's we doing awesome. something worth they say St. Patrick's Day? We, <laughs> we should do something. When is St. Patrick's Day? We haven't done it. Are we? <laughs> Let's do something have for St. Patrick's Day. You heard it here, folks, for Hey, everyone, I'm Lola Jones. I play Roy Harper. <laughs> Roy Harper. Fudge. <laughs> okay. Who is Roy Harper? Hello. My name is this Noah is Jones. This is off the rails. He's the uh, arrow guy. He's the baby arrow guy in DC. <laughs> baby arrow? Are you talking about Cupid? No, he's talking about <laughs> Speedy. Is Cupid's name Roy Harper? <laughs> no, Speedy's name is Roy Harper. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Noah Jones, and on Red Bet, I play Roy McCullen, our favorite backstabbing anime cowboy demon dude. Sorry, anime cowboy? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, since when Diva? were we making an anime? Oh, just that it's just Roy. Like everybody uh, else. Since our Red since Bet, our um Henson money fell out, have we picked up the uh the Funimation budget ooh. instead? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. I see. Everybody else is just real life but now that roy has gone back to the black hand the next time you see him he will then be a crudely animated into the podcast as an anime character 
So one day when they make like the live action movie of this, Roy will just be animated. Everyone else will be like acting. You know, you'll have like Danny DeVito playing Dale, <laughs> and it's just he's talking to just an animated Roy. Exactly. Yes. Danny DeVito is a very interesting choice for Dale because yeah. I think I think his size is accurate. <laughs> his... But I don't know if Danny DeVito could do Dale's voice. <laughs> Dale, he just kind of end up sounding like, like this. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna blow some shit up now. I don't. That's my Bing <laughs> Bong voice. <laughs> Man, what a what an intro. For those of you who this don't is... know, Bing Bong is a uh, goblin character that Keaton plays in uh, one of our home games. Yes. <sighs> My name is Hunter Wood. On backtrack, I do not play anyone, so <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing this for over a year and we still can't let Hunter <laughs> listened to backtrack before we're not actually role playing tonight this is our talk about our oh. own show show because people do that and it gives us a week off of playing for people to figure out what to do with our weird system uh what are we talking about boys i, I don't know what we're talking about what are we talking about rpg roulette <laughs> let's talk about hunter's beard People can't see Hunter. Only we can see Hunter. Hey, everybody. Hunter shaved his beard, and he looks like a different person. He does. It is true. All right, now let's How move on to the next to subject. a clean-shaven face? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope, you did it wrong, Noah. I said let's move on to the next subject, and then you went backward. I'm sorry. This is called backtrack. <laughs> Circle. <laughs> circles, everybody. That's all we're doing. We're just going in circles. I'm allowed to use my soundboard because this isn't a real episode. <laughs> Do you not use your soundboard on real episodes? No. It's just never no. been relevant before. <laughs> We're just in the midst oh. of like role playing <laughs> and I just pop out a <laughs> I, I would <laughs> Which frankly could potentially get copyright strike for that, but uh let's just hope not. I'm not, not gonna for edit it one out. One second. Not for one second of that. I it could have been even, like recognize it. That might have just been something that Keen made, and it sounds kind of like that thing. Nope. That you know, I did not, not make that. That, that is that not an know. original composition. <laughs> not at all. So what's going on in our show lately? <laughs> did y'all did y'all listen? Did, what? Okay. What? When was the last time we did a backtrack? What are we talking? Like, what all do we have to talk about? September twenty twenty <laughs> was the last uh, backtrack that really? came out. Yes, and Nine I can I can tell you how many episodes have come out since then. And just one second, um, give me some titles of episodes so I know what we're uh, what we're dealing with. Yeah. So since <clears throat> since backtrack, we have had uh, episode eighteen, missing person. Episode nineteen, the nest. Uh, episode twenty, living on a prayer. Ooh. 
episode 21 trust issues episode 22 split live in front of a stew in live in front of a studio audience something like uh, episode 23, <laughs> Family Blonde Bonds. Family <laughs> Blondes. <laughs> Family Blondes. <laughs> episode 24, <laughs> Explosive Temper. And episode 25, Aftermath. So we have essentially been working in the time skip for most of since our last backtrack. Gotcha. gotcha. This is a lot of monster about, stuff. A lot of monsters. I was about yeah, to say, let's talk about the monsters. Because I don't know, I don't think any of the audience knows about how those monsters came to be. Or, like, basically the ideas behind the monsters. Um. Yeah. <clears throat> so... I guess the monsters we we didn't start off as a monster hunting show, but since we introduced Roy as being a monster hunter, I felt like we need, needed to have some monsters to hunt. Um, and also, it played in with a lot of what was going on because right before our time skip, uh, where we skipped about a month, um, was when we released all those shadows into the world. Um, not to just <laughs> explain things that listeners should connect on their own. Um, but yeah, th- uh, these monsters we actually have different lists. So, how many have we seen so far? Let's count because I, I made it canon that there were eight nests in the nest and we have seen <clears throat> wendigo a vampire um a slua a slua. <laughs> i was gonna say a yoko ono that's just not correct <laughs> hey hey yoko ono yoko ono is a monster she broke hey, up the beatles uh, hashtag the... rpg roulette dislikes yoko ono we won't say hate hate hates too strong um, but the, the Japanese inspired, Holds a grudge um, against. Asian, uh, is she still alive? Snow ghost. I thing. have no idea. I don't, Hey, hey Yoko Ono, if you listen to this podcast, sorry, we, we were just joking around. I'm sure you're a uh, fine lady. There was hints at a werewolf in one of our tribunes that we, uh, released back when we were doing those. And then the squid which i guess was a mini kraken so that's six um so there are two that we have not seen yet um the squid kind of breaks the formula because i was going into it and luke did this with our ice ghost and essentially finding monsters that uh that the lore kind of around them could at least hint in some tellings of the mythology that they were once human uh that became a monster not sure if the squid was. Um, I think it was just a squid monster, but hey, it could still work here for that. The rules of our own universe uh, can be whatever they want, but that, that's because uh, I'm vampires, just saying you get bit. I doubt, that a, Go ahead. I doubt that a squid would make a nest in a cave. So True. So are there that's nine monsters? I was just under the that. impression that the squid monster was just there. You know, that, that was what... I Maybe the shadows had further reaching fight. consequences than even we realized. Uh, uh, fair point, because we did see <clears throat> way more than eight shadows pour out of that thousands crack. Thousands of them. Um, thousands. <laughs> which is something to remember. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the slew is a weird one. It's a weird name to say and everything, but I was, I was trying to find more because Wendigo made sense. 
Um, uh, no, if you don't I know, had to put it in. Yeah, you put it in. I and had to put it on. Wendy goes, uh, according to some tellings of the the like myths, where people who resorted to cannibalism um, would become Wendigos, vampires. You get bit, you become a vampire. Um, but I wanted to reach out there and find some more interesting ones. And um, Sluas were, I, I believe, they were like Celtic, Celtic, whichever is the right pronunciation of that. Um, <laughs> Essentially, people who would die, but they were too wicked for even hell. And so they were sent back to Earth as these kind of almost demonic, just ghoulish demon ghost things. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, we, we've had a lot more monster hunting scary. lately. <laughs> um, yes, the, the monsters have been very scary. And Jasper has no. been a little on edge. Yeah, that's probably a, <clears throat> a good talking point. Um we we've reached an interesting point in the show where we're not all necessarily on the same team at the same time at least in these episodes since our last backtrack there was a lot of a lot of conflict in the group which was interesting to role play um and i so i didn't juicy yeah, juicy conflict i didn't really expect a lot of it either it just kind of naturally came up just based on kind of the core tenets of the characters we're playing um i think we're just all getting tired of each other and so that's just <laughs> <not> <laughs> play. Uh, but I like part of me is honestly curious because th this is our first time doing a long form roulette season you know um and so i do wonder how much of that is legit just it's interesting for the show and we're all storytellers and going for it um and our characters and how much of that is gm conflict even in the ways we want to handle the end because we are 15 episodes out from the end of red bed um oh <laughs> because uh, sometimes i wonder if like the conflict between roy uh, Roy and the rest of the group really is because Noah has a very different idea of what should be going on <laughs> than the rest of us and how much that kind of bleeds through into our characters. Cause I know I've been guilty of that in the past, at least with, or at least I have had to in episodes come out and say, I want to say this thing, but Dale would not say this thing just because I want to give my two cents about Ornias, but Dale does not have an opinion on Ornias. He hasn't ever <laughs> met the dude, except for the once in the hallway that I mentioned. Um, so it's definitely been interesting. No, I'm very uh, excited. We've got 15 episodes left, and I think I have half of them. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I so said it at the good. end of our last released episode, but I can pull up the wheel um, and count no, for like us again. We, 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 like, especially me, spin it. we had a lot of hands on this wheel, and Hunter, too. Like, you guys are equal now. Yeah, but Hunter and I are equal with three episodes left. Mm. Uh, Noah's only got two more, but Luke has one, two, three, four, f five on the wheel, but six, because he'll have episode 26 as well. So, everything that we've set up out the window whatever <laughs> luke wants to happen is gonna happen at this point every spin brings us closer to the split finale yeah <laughs> no i haven't you have uh, one split in there yes i i haven't i haven't mentioned this since the last time but i don't think i've gm since the last time but we we still need to wake up from the dream um, <laughs> <laughs> if you ruin our story by making it for that next episode <laughs> 
I would we introduce Hunter playing a new character, but instead <laughs> of the next episode, we wake up just like before the time skip, and all of that was a dream. <laughs> oh man! <sighs> no, but but, but I've back been to having the point strange dreams lately, in. haven't you? Um, well, I do think that a lot of Roy's decisions are definitely made based off of what I want the story to go. I mean, not, not to say that I'm not, I'm not playing out of character and trying mm. to force my own hand, but I have a very specific idea of what Roy believes is happening and what Roy thinks he has to do. Mm-hmm. And I know that it, it, that is in 100% conflict with everybody because I just killed one of our player <laughs> characters. Um, Cause that, that's been super interesting here towards the latter half of the show is just the delineation between because we are both player, we are both characters and game masters. Um, at least, especially for me, because I have a very clear idea um, in my brain now. I only have three of the next fifteen episodes, but I have a good idea of the direction the show could go in, what kind of what the finale could look like, and everything. Um, but that is almost entirely separate from Dale. Um, mm. Like some of it involves Dale, um, of course, but Dale's perspectives, what he thinks is going on right now. Uh, Dale has a very limited grasp. Roy probably has the biggest grasp because of his background in the Black Hand. Um, and now Oliver, as a new player character, probably has a similarly decent grasp because of his uh, relationship with Ornias being a shifter from another world and everything. Uh, but Dale's out here and he's just like, everything's crazy and I need to protect this town. <laughs> um, whereas I am out here like, all right, this is what the black hand wants. This is how they're going to get it. This is and all the, all these other things, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it, yeah. it is separate. Whereas in the beginning, it was a little easier to, they, they didn't have to be like two huge loads to bear in, in the beginning as much because there was a lot of freedom um because mm. in the first half of the show you know it, it was a lot easier to have our post credit cut scenes and throw in a uh just a wild thing that the rest of the guys have to work into the story now but here at the end it's got to be a little more controlled and concise because we're, we have limited space that we're working in now yeah no and i guess this is just like a selfish part but like getting since the black hand are now kind of our main antagonists i i felt like i've got to have a lot of free reign even as we've go, getting further in because like oh well these this is my initial creation they've, they've definitely grown into something that i didn't it's not just my hands. Everybody's mm-hmm. everybody's gotten to play with the black hand a little bit, but but even you know, then, it, that goes into show another interesting thing because this season itself is very much an experiment on this format yeah. of storytelling, um, especially when it comes to an actual play show where we're playing an RPG and we have characters with backstories that become important to the overall story. And to that end, uh, just for like all transparency on the show, like when I'm in control of an episode, I think I did, I did a lot of the episodes revolving around Mary, and she had a deep black hand connection because she was the beacon, and that's when we learned about Bonnie, um, and all this stuff. And I was the game master, but I went to Noah to be like, "This is your backstory as a character, as a player character in the game that I'm technically GMing for this episode." So that has almost lent you to have bonus control over some things. Obviously, I I was able to be like, get your ideas and say, well, what about this? And 
I technically have free reign over this, so I'm making it this instead. But still, exactly. um, it has been interesting to see how like our handmade backstories for our characters kind of like add extra emphasis to what everyone else does as game masters as well. Because we, if we didn't do that, uh, I don't think we would have had nearly as consistent of a story. Um, because I think there is, even if you just look at the first half versus what we've done so far, we've been on a more consistent path lately than we were in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, it was a bit more episodic where we had like an adventure you know we had this is the dry gulch adventure episode this is the cattlewood coyote adventure episode and stuff and lately we've been on more of a path i don't i'm going off on tangents here just speaking about the show now but uh yeah you know, it's definitely we, been we interesting definitely with the black become hand more... becoming a antagonist and some of us having to go to you Noah, even though you're not the gm anymore and be like all right so wait what does this mean with the black hand so i can like do that the right way yeah no we, we've definitely morphed into more of the we, we, we're finally hitting the point where we really are focusing on the overarching arc you know the first half of the show was a lot of little arcs to build up to uh, whatever we wanted the final arc to be but like we, we are definitely now not just in our rising action if you take in our little story plot you know, we're not we're not near the bottom of the rising action. We're probably, you know, two thirds of the way up, about to hit the climax. Um, and so it's well, now it, I it feel can't... pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the yeah. next episode is um, be climactic. Jeez. <laughs> I I for one because I haven't. Uh, let's see. Let me look at this list. Um, I GM'd. Which one of these did I? I think I've only done one episode since our last backtrack. Uh, I can't. I did the nest. That's right. Um, and I think that's it. If unless I'm just completely wrong, I might be wrong. Um, but I've been very intrigued with uh, the finale, or if you want to say this isn't the finale, but the, this final arc. Uh, it has been interesting to see. I was worried. One of the things I was most worried about with this format was reverse checkoff guns. Um, mm. Just throwing things out there that never came up again. Um, and it has been interesting to see how we all, cause we haven't talked about it necessarily other than the occasional, like, Hey, if we're at the saloon, let's have Sally and Emmett be in there because they still are in this town, but that's not like a real story thing. It has been interesting to see how we're getting back to the O'Hara's and Ornias and we're bringing the black hand in, which was just Roy's backstory for a while. And, even uh, at the end of our most recent episode, Captain Holster wants to speak to us and how we actually have, we are bringing in our story arcs from earlier and actually bringing them together. I guess I, I'm happy to see that that's happening because <laughs> um, I was definitely very worried just conceptually about the system that that kind of stuff wouldn't happen and we would just kind of snowball into something completely different um yeah listen whenever we have a character as absolutely fabulous as captain holster it would be a crime against humanity not to use him as much as possible okay like it's just too fun no no one <laughs> likes to brag about his characters <laughs> I like I like Captain Holster so much, and he's, like again, I he's he's just so fun. Mm-hmm. He's such a he's just a very. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of uh. I'm a big fan of Colonel Sheath. Or wait, has, this, <laughs> has he been introduced yet? Or one thing that I am excited is that the about next episode is on one episode that I was DMing, and either my 
pre or post, a lot recently like scene i had uh oliver ray mm-hmm. go and have a conversation with captain ulster and i knew in my mind what they kind of were referring to but i was like you know someone else will probably kind of get to decide that because they'll become the dm and then i became one of those characters now i'm like <laughs> oh i definitely kind of get to decide what they were talking about so so i guess i, I guess let's talk about, about that. the that that's the biggest elephant in the room and we should talk about it on this episode so let's go ahead and, and do that um hunter what was it like um going to your own funeral essentially (laughs) um so it was very surreal i so when i planned that episode where scott does die i had like you know some kind of general plans for that episode i didn't have things super structured and just kind of things really fell in place there at the end just kind of the perfect like combination of roles and people being in kind of the right place for it to happen. Um, I talked about this some. So basically, when he Scott did that initial role, the way that the spell worked, um, that was not what was supposed to happen. I actually, because Scott was unlucky, I rolled a natural one. So that was kind of what, what really set that scene off, the explosion. Um, because of that, you know, unlucky roll, the spell kind of backfired. And that was really the, like, literal catalyst kind of, you know, not just a spark, but the explosion that really took that scene from just kind of a, uh, you know, another kind of the group arguing to really that kind of um, showdown. And then, you know, from that, my initial response was, well, you know, I'm going to have Dale, Roy, and Scott all be pretty injured from this explosion. Like, they're all three going to be kind of maybe, you know, injured and kind of down for the rest of this episode. And then Kean had a really good hoodoo role that kind of kept Roy and Dale both on their feet. And that kind of led to the two of them getting into a conflict. And then Noah outrolled Keaton. And because of that, he was able to kind of attack Scott and kill him. So it took kind of those perfect three things happening all in a row to really put us into that situation where, you know, it was all able to happen. Uh, as the game master of the episode where your player character died, like... I guess, what was that like? Um, you know, there was a lot of, like, kind of going through my mind in the moment, like, when, like, Noah was there and he was, like, you know, getting ready to stab him, it was kind of like, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I do have the power to stop this. Like, I know he's, like, rolled well, but I was still, like, I can just come up with some, like, excuse for, like, it to not happen. But then I basically, I guess if it, like, it felt like it was kind of, it wasn't being forced. Like, it was mm-hmm. like, you know, this is kind of like what Roy would do. This is like what Scott would do. I was like, you know, it feels like the natural kind of culmination. So I just said, you know, I, I'm not going to like pull yeah. some rabbit out of my hat. I'm just going to kind of like, I'm going to let this scene progress. And, yeah. you know, that was how it really played out. It really Believe didn't me. feel forced. Yeah, which Scott's a doctor surprised me. Yeah, because like it was completely unexpected. Like, when we started recording episode 24, I was not expecting Doc to die in that episode, but yet it still, it didn't feel forced. It it felt, like, natural and everything. Because, I mean, well, Doc has been on uh, Death's Door for a while now, since he almost died way back when with Captain Holster, and then he became unlucky because he used the book and everything. And because of the rising yeah, I was about to say, I was about to say, ever since the episode where we discovered the hole underneath the, like, large stone, I was like, 
Doc's going to be the first one to die. Like, when you almost fell in the hole and I managed to catch you, like, I was like, <laughs> he's going to die. He's going to die. I don't know how, but I know that it's going to be him because mm-hmm. of this unlucky trait. Because I think Doc could survive in the first half because we didn't do a ton that was super dangerous. Like, yeah, we confronted people with guns uh, and we confronted uh, the beast master inside of um, Captain Holster and everything. But now that we're getting into like, well, I don't know, that's not even true because, yes, we're in the monster hunting arc, but monster didn't kill Doc. (laughs) <laughs> no, the monster hunter was the one who killed Doc. I mean, I I did not go in again. Speaking that, that, it was a complete surprise to me too. And whenever whenever Doc pulled out and started casting magic, I, I knew what Roy's thought was. I have to stop this at all costs. But I wasn't gonna just rush in and try to kill him immediately because the you know the unspoken rule of you don't really delve into PvP and. Mm-hmm. tabletop games unless that is you know discussed beforehand um <coughs> but yeah no just as it went on it was like that is what roy would do he would that that's what he's been trained to do and he recognizes yeah this is his friend but at the same time not only is this what he's trained to do he also don't doesn't really know why doc is doing the thing that doc is doing and he has a feeling if he doesn't completely know who's whispering in Doc's ear. And because of that, he can't just hold back on that. Um, and so again, like that's why I, I tried to take it step at a time. Like I, I knew once, once the explosion happened, I knew what Roy's steps were going to be. It was going to be confront Doc. If he doesn't confess or, come up with a reason why he shouldn't kill him he was gonna have to kill him but i tried to take those steps i mean uh, and if listening to the episode it probably didn't feel like it was very long but it, it definitely was very slow-mo in my head like i'm going to take one step at a time because i don't me as noah did not want to kill doc but i knew it was the steps that roy had to take so who has blood on their hands so far Dale killed someone first in this episode. He killed Ruben O'Hara. Roy has definitely has blood on his hands, but now he has a player character. Has Jasper killed anyone? Yeah, Firefang. Firefang. That's <laughs> Is that his name? That's right. That was <laughs> yes, his name. Was. <laughs> mm-hmm. The uh, physical fire type attack, Firefang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Firefang. Yeah, I killed him. I think I, I think I stabbed him in the, with his own knife. Left him for dead. Um, I don't remember if there was anyone else. I want to say there was. I think I've killed two people, but I don't remember who. I believe it. It, it could have happened in like combat with people. Um, Dale has monster Roy, blood on his hand too. Roy like up and personally killed a black hand dude. Whenever the black hand first yeah. got into Rusty yeah. Pete's, I I, when they, when I he was brained a dude in my house. Yeah, um, that was when Doc got shot. <laughs> Doc has almost died a lot. You you said like, oh, you know, Doc, I think almost died in the first episode or the second episode as well. <laughs> Doc Doc has had a lot of really close encounters. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doc I had the unlucky it. trait, but in, in reality, he's probably the luckiest of all of us because he, exactly. because he hadn't <laughs> actually <laughs> died yet. Until he did. <laughs> yeah, which I guess Doc was the, the least ready to be in dangerous situations he was a man of medicine whereas we had i don't know even though jasper wasn't sheriff all the time he was just a boy with a drinking problem and dale was just an old man 
uh, I don't know. I will say, like, I think if a char- a player character had to get killed while I was DMing, I would have rather it been mine than someone else's. Like, if Noah had just been like, I'm going to kill Dale, I would have been like, oh, I, like, I don't... Okay. <laughs> like, I feel like that would have been a lot harder for me mm-hmm. to, like, DM through. True. That's rather a, yeah, than... that's a good point, is like... Yeah. Like, it's it's easy to say, like, okay, I'm going to take my own character away from myself, but to say, like, I'm going to take Keaton's character away from him is, like, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, like, okay, we have that sort of power. Especially <laughs> like, because wow. in in Dead dead in the West, um, hit points, the reason you haven't ever really heard us talk about hit points is because this system, uh, your player characters don't know their own hit points. Technically, the GM keeps track of everyone's hit points on on their own. Um, so it would be, it is easier to be like, okay, uh, uh, my character's dead, you know, and to accept that. Whereas if, if yes, Roy had stabbed Dale and, uh, you know, Hunter was the Calmaster, it would have been harder for me. I would have had to look to him and be like, Am I dead? Um, <laughs> where instead of just <laughs> yeah. accepting that that, that is point. what has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I won't probe about what it's like playing a new character because you have only played Oliver for one episode. Um, so there, I, I think that will be best. But you saved got to turn into a tiger. Our... That was cool. It's that true. Was cool. Um, he turned into a tiger in front of a church. It was great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> Yeah, I Noah knew I was going to in our most recent episode uh, because we I we had some time between recording to kind of decide how each of our characters were going to respond to Doc's death. Um, and I just kind of I realized that that's the way Dale was going to respond was he, he was he's angry. Um, he, he's not showing it in like fury, but Dale's angry that Doc died because Dale feels like he shouldn't have because it could have been prevented if we had all been on the same page. Um, and that just kind of clicked in his head that the town's not all on the same page and the town's in just as much of a weird, dangerous situation as Doc was and they don't even know it. Um, so I, I did let Noah know because he was the GM, which is why I, I like requested, like, can we have a funeral with like a lot of the town there? Because that's kind of what I think Dale wants to do. Um, and then right before we recorded, I asked Hunter if he would be on board to come on stage and shapeshift whenever I did this. Um, because I, I realized I, I wanted Oliver to like shapeshift for proof because Dale was the one doing that. <laughs> and Dale uh, has been deputy for about, you know, a month and a half, two months now. But for most of his life in this town, he was the old man who stole stuff from the saloon and lived out in a tent. Like <laughs> people probably weren't going to believe him without some proof there. Uh, but I did not tell Luke about that, primarily because I was curious about Jasper, and uh, Dale did not tell Jasper going into that. Um, so yeah. No, last episode was a fun one to direct, mostly because it was the episode that I had the least amount of plot point, like specific plot points, prepped out. Normally, whenever I'm preparing an episode, I have a I have a skeleton that I'm going to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let letting letting you guys change things up and you go your own way. But th- there are generally two to three plot points that, like, I'm going to make sure are going to happen on top of an intro and a conclusion if those are included in the episode. But in this one, 
I, you know, I, I went really in depth with the intro and conclusion, but left, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I did, I knew, I knew that there was going to be a funeral. I felt that that was going to, that was going to be the next logical thing to do. And so I prepared if they decide they want to have a funeral, here's what they can do to have a funeral. But that was the only thing that I really had prepared mm-hmm. because I really wanted you guys the space to play with what your character's grief would look like. And that's why I wrote Roy completely out of the episode yeah is i did not want any i know what roy is doing and i know what roy why roy went back to the black hand um but i didn't feel that that was important for this episode what was really important was listening to how everybody else who wasn't actually affected by Mm -hmm. the altercation and I I, th- I really enjoyed that. I, it was a shorter episode, but not just from... We've already talked about how Dale handled it, and Dale very vocally expressed that, um, but I enjoyed Jasper's grief just as much, too, even though it wasn't as I'm explaining what I'm thinking, but seeing... Because that's a side of Jasper we hadn't seen before, you know? And uh, I, I thought it was well executed, at least, by Luke. I agree. Yeah, I as soon as it like, you know, the big event happened, um, I was like, man, what would Jasper do in this situation? And then I thought about what he had probably done previously in really stressful situations in his life. And I thought about um, I won't get too into this because I think I might bring it back at some point in the, in the series. Mm-hmm. But I thought about him dealing with his dad's death and what that looked like. And so mm-hmm. this is kind of like this kind of, I think mirrored that in a lot of ways um and so i i thought about what he would he did at that point and then i thought about how he would handle this so um because doc doc was pretty important in his life yeah he was, i mean you know like i said in that monologue he was there basically when he was born and since then he's he's watched him grow up so hard stuff this is the first time and like because i've played like a lot of different like campaigns this is the first time i've had a character die so i was just like oh Mm. so this is what this is like Mm -hmm. yeah because i'm usually your game master because outside of the podcast i'm i'm usually the game master (laughs) and uh, i haven't i i have not had to gm a real character death that often the only like i i have but they've only—I've only done it one other time. It was around the same time, actually, that we've recorded this episode. Um, the only—the—the the only other character death I'd really had to deal with as a GM beforehand, because uh, I'm a very character-centric GM. Uh, like the story is very focused on the characters, and um, the only time beforehand was when uh, we had a member of our group who was going to be gone for a long time, so like he, he couldn't play, so. We knew from the beginning of that campaign that his character was going to die like the weekend before he had to head out, Um, which was not a very hard thing to do (laughs) um, (laughs) for anyone. Um, The only other time was very actually literally, I think maybe the same week we recorded Doc's death um, and it wasn't even a character death. It was a character who essentially was from another world. Um, <laughs> not to just show the similarities to Red Bet there, but it, it, it's not. It was uh, the pre-written adventure rhyme of the Frost Maiden. Um, but that was just happened to be her character secret that she was from another world and she she got all of her memories back and was offered a chance to go home. And she didn't know she was from another world until that night. And then she decided that she, her character would go home um, mm-hmm. instead. 
So it wasn't even a character death. It was just a character parting. Um, so I, I have been fortunate enough to not have to really deal with that. There's uh, The only one other time was, which was easy again, was we started this campaign with uh, one of my players who was playing a, a Kenku wizard who was all gruff and stuff. And then he decided he wasn't having fun with that character and was like, can I just play someone else? And can we just kill this guy off? So I said yes. And in the next session, uh, he got one shot by a boss. <laughs> which was easy then, to deal with. And then we with. accidentally, and then we accidentally started a cult to worship the sky. And <laughs> right, that, that too. Was, okay, that so I guess I have had to deal with that a, a couple of times. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, so Hunter. So, or I guess just for so so all the listeners can kind of know what went into um, how how did we decide on Oliver Ray. So after it happened, I think all we were all kind of shocked. So we just kind of all sat there and kind of like decompressed, like kind of talking about like, dang, like none of us really saw that coming. And then, you know, it kind of naturally the conversation turned towards like, well, like, hey, like, you know, are you going to create a new character or do you want to play someone? And I, I wanted to play a character that basically an NBC that had already been established and not make a new character. And all three of the other hosts felt the same way. So mm -hmm. interesting enough, we were all four on the same page. So we kind of started brainstorming, you know, like, well, who are some characters it would make sense for? Um, and I had about probably like three or four people that I had kind of thought that I was thinking of, but I kind of let the other three kind of talk and say like, hey, you know, are there any characters that it just wouldn't absolutely would make like no sense or stuff? And we kind of brainstormed about that for a while. And it turned out that kind of more or less we had the same couple of characters in mind. So we kind of talked about those. And ultimately we decided, you know, hey, it's kind of like, it's going to be my character. So I would kind of make the final decision. Um, and Oliver was a character that I have been really intrigued with. And that there was a lot of kind of stuff that I wanted to kind of follow through more with him and kind of explore more. So that was the one I ultimately kind of decided to go with. Mm -hmm. I believe just so people know, because I'm sure you're curious, we were uh, the other options um, was obviously Sarah. Uh, was a strong one. Sarah was an NPC you created. You have probably the closest bond to Sarah out of all of us uh, being her creator. Um, and then I, I believe we mentioned Graham and then quickly realized he's <laughs> mute and that just wouldn't work at all. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm content. I because Oliver don't forget about Rusty. Yes, Rusty too, which would have been entertaining. <laughs> Um, but Oliver, Oliver's a character I created that you are now playing. <laughs> um, so I'm, 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 I'm intrigued about this. Oh, then again, we've talked about this in the past. He's a character I created, but we all four of us have done stuff with Oliver. He's very much mm -hmm. a community character, but now, now he is yours, Hunter. <laughs> I think you should have been Briar Pelt. Briar Pelt. <laughs> I think that would have been a good character. Briar Pelt. Where is Briar Pelt these days? We haven't I... seen Briar Pelt in quite a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where is Briar it's because Pelt? Because we just keep introducing he new works, characters. He worked at the saloon. He's working he as a as a cook in the saloon. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I keep forgetting that. That's my thing, is that one when was the last time we updated our character sheet? Because I think the top of it says like Ooh. August. 
but we definitely need to update. I update it whenever I play, whenever I GM a session with a new character, but I haven't done that in a long time. I updated it after the last episode, but the only update I did was next to Scott Lewis's name. I put RIP. <laughs> I, I saw that. And I, I that next day I went back and looked at it, and I died. I thought that was the funniest thing because we also. We we introduced we very so recently characters. this Peter guy, mm-hmm. um, big beefy Russian beaver trapper. Oh um, yeah, that was he was another character we talked about Hunter possibly playing. Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, it was Peter because he was just he's new, so it's just like oh, new person in town. You just whoop. Yeah, but Oliver made the most sense. Oliver and Sarah really, and then you chose Oliver, which we're all happy with. Made the most sense due to being in the loop about everything um, and us not yeah. having to completely deal with. Well, we need. Imagine someone... half an episode of us is just telling this yeah. hunter, <laughs> who's hunter's character, about <laughs> all the goings on. It's been quite the ride uh, up to here in our first twenty-five episodes of our forty-episode season. Um, Can't wait to do eighty next season. Gosh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I guess kidding. we can talk about next season briefly, 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 briefly. Oh, okay. Um, just in the sense of I Ble- season free? season one and two were very different, but uh, we have enjoyed the forty episode structure. So season three will be another forty episode campaign um, in a brand new system. We have begun working on deciding what that will be, but we won't. We will announce. We'll announce all that once Red Bet is over, uh, but it, it is in it is in the uh, the thoughts of all of us. The pre, for sure. pre 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 production. Mm-hmm. Um, and just I guess this is always a good enough place to make like announcement type steals. We will likely take a little bit of a break after Red Bet when it's done. We've got some time. We got fifteen more episodes, and at our two episodes a month ish pace, that we got a few more months here. Um, it'll likely be. Sometime uh, in the fall of 2021 when we wrap up Red Bet and then we will probably take some some time off just to really prepare that next season. Um, And in the meantime, we'll either release some bonus content to the main series or we'll we'll have something for you to listen to before we start season three. Um, But on season two, we were going to take some time here to do something we don't ever actually do uh, on the main show, which is level up our characters. Because we forget. (laughs) We forget all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many? What is the what is the level cap for this system? Uh, the, what, what Will put in the book was 12. Yes. Um, But even in that, he's like, hey, it might make sense. I mean, this is just an outline. Like if you if you want to go past this, you can do more. If you or you can like do two, you know, two of the upgrades per level. Like you know, like it's it's just kind of like whatever fits your campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, do that, which I really yeah, respect yeah. because it gives a lot of power to uh, to the GMs. It does so. because I mean we we've definitely had a very slow level pace, but it it, it, kind of, it makes sense for our campaign. Um, just to have a somewhat slow level pace, it, it'd be weird if by now we were level 12 and could like one shot anything uh, and us still being we're going into level six here now um because we're not playing in a world where we're necessarily uh, mythical heroes you know which i really enjoy about red bet which honestly surprised me this is something we talk about before we level up but we, we are still very much playing real people in this world who are dealing with all of the supernatural except maybe roy <laughs> 
mom who has kind of turned <laughs> yeah. into an anime demon cowboy. Yeah. Like, I I had... What, okay, Roy has evolved, I think. I mean, not that every character has evolved a lot. Yeah. I know I just, for a fact Roy has probably evolved the most out of every character because I had two traits, two character traits that I decided were Roy whenever we went in was that he owned a boot shop and that he used to be a part of a gang. And so it has just been as, I mean, I know I've said this a bajillion times over the thing. And so, I mean, I just want to really stress that right now (laughs) in the fact that he is now anime demon cowboy. (laughs) <laughs> is that I did not plan him to be anime demon cowboy at the uh, beginning which is of fair this because when we get into leveling up in Dale's new ability, um, Dale has evolved in ways I never expected. Not just as a character, he has definitely grown to have much more of a heart and to be much more of a three dimensional character lately than he was just wily old man Dale in the beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but yeah, so, which just comes out of us developing our world and our lore and everything. Um, but no, that, also, that, yeah, go ahead, Luke. I, I think that Jasper is the only regular person left in our party. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> because now we have, we have a shifter, someone who's not from this planet and a demon anime cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I got to so say, now, so now Jasper is just here. Like, what do I, I do? love Jasper, though, for that reason exactly. Jasper is like the embodiment the of Rusty Peaks, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I do very much appreciate having Jasper on the party um, for that reason specifically. Um, but yeah, no, that, that just spawned in my head the thought of the scope of the show ended up much smaller than I expected. Um, from the beginning um granted it's getting bigger and bigger with our whole multiverse that we are developing now um but i expected that to be much more big i because i've spoken on this point in the past about how i i kind of shoehorned the crack into existence because i wanted a MacGuffin for us to be able to use to do whatever we really wanted to if we wanted to be cowboys in space if we wanted to be cowboys uh, in the future if we wanted to do whatever we wanted to just kind of let us have a system to kind of do that um but it has very much we've been in rusty peaks the whole time uh, which surprised me that this has been a very central on one location show but it does not surprise me in a bad way it surprised me in a good way i've actually grown far more attached to our setting because of it um yeah Anyways, how many times have we actually left Rusty Peaks? We like went the characters themselves. Yeah, we went to Dry Gulch. We went to and Dry we went Gulch into the hallway dimension. Hallway dimension. Um, the train heist train was heist. technically in a place called um, I don't remember. <laughs> it was the name. It was of, named after ice cream. No, that's Bluebell, uh, which <laughs> is nowhere near here. I said that was the closest <laughs> town to us, and then two episodes later, was uh, it Tumbleweed? Do we go to Tumbleweed? Tumbleweed? Yeah, because I remember it was the name of a place from Red in Dead. Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that, and then I mean, you could potentially count all the times we've been in the woods. Um, slash the cave hideout of the Cottlewood Coyotes. Um, that was yeah. technically outside of town, but it was still basically Rusty Peaks. Um, yeah. we, we have not left Utah um, 
at all, uh, which, yeah, uh, I guess it, it surprised me, but I'm not upset about it. No, and I think that it too, I mean, from, from my own personal standpoint, playing the outsider character, the fact that we've stayed in the same place has given me the ability to learn what a new person in the town mm-hmm. would, you know, experience and then learn to become a part of that place. Because if we started jumping around roy would have zero connection to rusty peaks at this point yeah but you know roy roy is still an outsider and is definitely going to be more of an outsider now because of <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, um because of i don't know the arrest warrant that jasper put out for him at the end of the last episode <laughs> exactly talk about but. conflict in the group but roy has learned to love rusty learn to love rusty peaks it's not his original home but it is now his home and Mm -hmm. he's doing some horrible things to protect it in the ways that he knows how well so what abilities are y'all taking yeah so let's talk (laughs) about so leveling up to level six we get four new learning points which uh so just refresh you on the way dead in the west works we have our facets essentially the, the these names have changed um now that the book has been finalized but um i still have the ones from the quick start guide we got at the beginning uh our facets which are toughness frontier wiliness our scrapping uh which is our fast hand our steady hand our hard hand for fighting and our talking rolls and then everything else is in our experiences which we get to, there's a list of suggestions in the handbook, um, but we can also make our own uh, if they are relevant. Um, and that's where our learning points go. And then every once in a while, we get new abilities, which the abilities in a traditional game of Dead in the West, the game master kind of decides with the character what that is based on things they've been doing for a while that makes sense for the character. And for us in our weird, we're all the game master system, it means we workshop them together or on our own and we get the approval from the rest of us for them um, for what those abilities will be. Um, I, I, I'll go. I'll, let's do let's talk first um, about Oliver Ray's character sheet and we can kind of because people know that I have sympathy and distraction. I've used them on the show, but this is a brand new character sheet for for Oliver. Um, what is this looking like? Yeah. So, at first, one of my abilities was just shifting, um, and I had that kind of as a catch-all for all of his kind of, you know, shape-shifting abilities, mm-hmm. and um, then I kind of started, more I thought about it, I was like, you know, I feel like there's a relevant difference between, like, turning into a tiger, like I did the last episode, and, turn, like, turning into another person, so that's what I'm taking for my new ability, is kind of like a shifting in the person, um, mm. so I think that that would be more of kind of like, you know, turning into that person and also trying to kind of, I feel like there'll be times I'm probably trying to imitate someone if I'm turning into them. So kind of how well I can do that kind of along those lines. Um, and the original other ability that I took was kind of a, uh, I'm just calling it leadership. Basically, since he kind of used to be the sheriff, I felt like that was kind of an attribute mm-hmm. that he had and kind of a role that he can kind of start kind of embracing so, so what did what do those look like mechanically for those who listen who care about the mechanics behind yeah because in the actual episodes we very rarely go into those mechanics we do so, use them we roll dice <laughs> um we just don't we always do explain them to the listeners um what i was thinking um so for the shifting one is i've been rolling a d6 
and I'm doing kind of, you know, if I get like a uh, a 4, 5, or 6, it's pretty much kind of like, or higher than that, because I do have a modifier with it. But if I kind of get that, it's pretty much, you know, like, I'm able to get what I want. You know, the shifting works out. You know, if I say I'm going to transform into a tiger, I transform into a tiger. But, you know, if I roll low, I'm kind of saying, well, you know, it's up to, like, the GM. If I say I'm going to turn into a tiger and then, like, I roll a two and say no as a GM, he can be like, no, you turn into a mouse or no, you just can't transform at all or kind of, you know, whatever he wants it to be. Um, So I felt like that kind of adds an interesting kind of level to that. Um, I'll probably handle the new one kind of somewhat similar. I may tweak it a little bit with kind of like, say I trying to imitate someone and like I transform into them, but like the voice is really off or it's like just something weird. That can be kind of something we Mm -hmm. workshop as well and basically for the leadership one what i was having that kind of look at is um if there's kind of a time where i am trying to like you know step in and get like an npc to like a npc that we're kind of on the same side with to do something and kind of like in a leadership role i get kind of a plus to talking roles cool what what do your talking roles uh look like? Like, well, I, I'm curious. I feel like I have a decent gauge on what everyone's good at um, from playing with them for so long. But what what when it comes to frontier and toughness, and then you're fighting and you're talking, what where are Oliver's strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, so I made him pretty good at uh kind of smooth talk and hard talk. Those were the two that kind of talked because I felt like. You know, one, he is kind of like this shapeshifter. So, you know, he's probably like, you know, if he does threaten you, like, that's probably something that, like, you know, you're going to take pretty serious. So I felt like he kind of has that aspect about him. And I went with a smooth talking because, again, with, like, all the years he was the sheriff and he was kind of in a leadership position, I was like, yeah, I think that, you know, this is something, like, oh, yeah, I think he would be good at, you know. Um, he's probably been in situations where he has to kind of try and smooth talk someone. So that made sense to me. Um and then I was kind of back and forth on, like, the fighting. Um, yeah, we haven't really so, seen Oliver fight unless he's an animal, essentially. Yeah, so that was kind of the issue I had at first. I was like, you know, if I'm going to fight someone, like, if I'm Oliver, like, especially now that the whole town knows, well, it probably makes more sense for me to try and transform into, like, you know, some type of animal and fight than it does to use a gun. So I put, like, I didn't put as much kind of into the, like, you know... For example, Doc Lewis was good at kind of using longer-range weapons. Uh, That wasn't something where I was like, well, you know, I'm probably not gonna... There may be a situation where I do that, but I don't think it's gonna be a regular thing with Oliver. So I had him a lot more with the kind of, like, the uh, hand-to-hand... hard hand Yeah, hard hand. Mm -hmm. I was kind of putting that... It seemed like, at least in my mind, you know, if I'm gonna transform into, like, a wolf and try and swipe someone with my paw, that would be hard hand. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Cool. Um, all right. Well, Noah, okay. what are we getting with level six anime cowboy Demon Roy? So uh, let, let, let's, t- let's talk through his abilities. So his okay. first ability is stare down the barrel. Uh, this one's the only one that doesn't have like I, I, I've written little descriptions for all. Of them. This one is just it's, you know, I have advantage on hard talk rolls if pointing a gun at an yeah. enemy. Yep. You know, it seemed pretty straightforward. Then, you know, finally get to we finally got around to his nickname, Demonize. Uh Demonize Demonic Bloodlust uh flows through your body, allowing you to take advantage on all attack rolls during one encounter. Uh can only be used once a day. I think I'm going to 
we're gonna. I think I want to workshop that a little bit, especially as we're now getting into where it looks like combat may be a little more prevalent and demon things are gonna happen more. So we can talk a lot about that. But and new now, ability, honestly, now is the time to talk about all that stuff. Yeah. Well, let's. I I think I want to change it outside of just combat. Like I just want to say, like, okay, I can activate the demonize whenever. So it's not like you know, oh, in in case you know, I I want to initiate combat or something, or use it more as an intimidation technique of sorts, because that's definitely going to be happening soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I, would, I, I would essentially. Too. I think you could just have a caveat there of outside of com. Either way, it's once per day. Um, yeah. Especially because the the way our show usually goes, we're not usually getting into combat more than once a day. That yeah. might start to happen more in the future with with the way we're going now. Um, so it should still be in either one once per day if it's outside of combat, um, or, or like it could be activated once per day and it gives you advantage on hard talk rolls again, just not necessarily having yeah. to pull a weapon out. Um, or yeah. if you're in combat, it gives you advantage on your combat rolls. I like that. I like that. I may change that too. Okay, now his new ability, as we got a sneak preview of, that's been my favorite thing, is giving sneak previews <laughs> of what my next ability is going to be during my end credit scenes, because I just think that's the most fun. The uh, Roy's new ability is called Arms of Azrael. Uh, the power <gasps> of the Dark Father courses through you, and three tendrils of pure darkness burst through your back. Uh, they can be used in combat to attack, grapple, lift, etc. with hard hand scrapping. Cool. So that one's mainly a flavor. Um, yeah. Essentially giving yourself a new hard hand weapon that comes from your... Which I'm yeah. sure we will d- delve into one day in the actual show. Why the heck Roy can do all this? <laughs> I mean, again, this is we're in backtrack, so I can I can talk a little bit about this, not without any spoilers. Yeah, no but spoilers. Something that that hopefully people have been picking up on is that there's something special about the McCullen family, the three McCullens that we have been introduced to. We've both seen this now with Bonnie and Roy in this episode, mm-hmm. um, this past episode specifically. But we saw with Gray Sky, uh, Roy's half brother was you know oh he he teleported. Um, and Bonnie has a similar uh, gift to Roy, where she has the long. Uh, she has a third appendage that she uses that grows out of her back. Um, yes, no, no spoilers, but just that that I'll, I'll just that's one little splash that'll be like, oh, something's different about the McCullens. But yeah, no, it's it's mostly I'll probably put my um experience points we get four experience points this mm-hmm. turn mm-hmm. this i may put the four of them into a because like i have because roy also uses the weapon he doesn't use traditional weapons he uses a bowie knife and a shot off shotgun which are two different mm-hmm. experience web based weapons and so i'm thinking i'll probably use my points from this time uh, and put them in as a arms of Azrael experience as well so then it's not it's not just flavor it's then okay it corresponds to this experience like explaining how this experience was created and what it does okay because i mean they, they they make the most sense to be a hard hard hand is also improvised weapons um yeah. which essentially anything that doesn't fall under the listed weapons is hard hand um <laughs> So yeah, you might I think I think what makes most sense there honestly is to give yourself a arms of Azrael experience 
that's yeah. not for combat that's for like i want to grab something with this tendril yeah. you know um and then when you're rolling to hit someone to still use hard hand because that makes yeah. the most sense for him i agree all right I what's agree. what's new in 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 jasper hughes town I don't know, man. Yeah, still working on it. I've been thinking about it, and I like I just I need some help because I don't know what to do with it. Hey, that's fine because I didn't know what to do for Dale, and Noah came up with mine. <laughs> I did, and I like it a lot too. <laughs> so, so let's think about Jazz because he's got what he has so far. He has inebriated focus. Um, what was his What was his second experience or ability? Good natured lies. I get a right. plus one, uh, basically a plus one to talking rules whenever I'm lying to protect or help someone. Mm. So that came in that that happened more so when we were trying to hide everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's yeah, still. I, I think do. that that's still going to come in handy. We're probably going to do plenty yeah. of lying to those who oppose us. <laughs> um, yeah. And I feel like both of those are very Jasper. So what else is a very Jasper? ability and maybe something talk that kind of bit. grows out of what's been happening recently talk a little bit about jasper's mindset moving forward that's that's how especially how i've yeah. been like liking to build my abilities is what out of the things that's happening what new burst is coming from the character mm. so like what is what what is jasper's you know mindset and thought processes going forward I think Jasper's new goal is to keep the town safe from out th outside threats. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, you know, before it was just kind of like keeping the peace, but now it's it, like it, he's he's seen basically like this idea of we had these shifters come to town and they messed a bunch of stuff up. And we had the Black Hand now has come, and they're messing stuff up. These monsters are coming. So he wants to protect the town from outside threat. He just wants things to go back to how they used to be in Rusty Peace. So I like. think I have an idea, um, and this is going to kind of fall honestly on you, Luke, um, because you're the game master of the next episode. Um, I th what if you had some sort of skill that was ingrained with Rusty Peaks, almost like almost a roguish skill in the sense of like a network of people know now um and you had some sort of skill to just like uh I, this is a vague concept we'll need to like nail down a little more of being able to reach out to someone to find out what's going on on the other side of town or something like that you know uh something along those lines of like getting information about what's going on in town more clearly a vague idea I so that that actually goes along with something that I had in mind was like Going along the same lines of I'm just a normal person, almost taking a line out of the um, one of the handbooks from the uh, like Apocalypse or uh, um, Monster of the Week. Yeah. Um, if you if you're not familiar, that is one of the Apocalypse World games. Uh, but Monster of the Week, one of the characters that you can play as is just a normal person, and it one of their moves is like. I'm just a guy or like, you know, it, it basically just, uh, that's like kind of what their moves are centered around is them just being a normal person. Um, and so maybe something like I'm able to get information out of people if I like, because I'm, I'm just like them. Mm -hmm. Right. So if I'm talking to, if I'm talking to another regular human, I'm able to get information out of people very easily. What, what if a spin on that is, especially to keep it rusty peak central is that like you get, 
you gain advantage on all talking roles when speaking to a citizen of Rusty I like, Peaks. I like that. Because mm-hmm. yeah, like it makes that. sense. Advantage Jasper on, yeah. is the most relatable to the people of our law yeah. enforcement. Well, Dale may have done the huge spiel. Dale is still the old man, wily old man. Jasper's the kid who grew up in town and is now coming into his adulthood and taking leadership. And so he's... He's the most relatable to for the people. I think I'll call this one just me. Hey, it's just <laughs> me. Hey, mm-hmm. it's just me. It's just Jasper. I like that. I like that too. Okay, that's good. Cool. Um, so Dale's new ability. Um, <laughs> I need help from Noah to talk about it because I. Yes. Um, it's vague right now. We need to come up with mechanics for it. Um, this is something that Noah hinted at, <laughs> like he hints at his own abilities. He hinted at in our most recent episode with the eyes glowing of both my mother in the flashback and me when I was holding Doc's body. Um, Because we're starting to tap into Deal's otherworldliness here. (laughs) And to further imply that Jasper's the the regular (laughs) guy around. (laughs) Hey, hey, would Avatar have been uh, uh, just as good without Sokka? No. 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 (laughs) No. Sokka's my man. Mm-hmm. Sokka is the best character in Avatar. With my boomerang. <laughs> so the the name of this ability is called True Sight. Um, and I know the, because I, I needed help with this, so I asked Noah about it. Um, and he liked the idea of the parallel between, or the just contrasting between Dale Antithesis. getting white eyes versus Roy's black demon eyes. Um and so we had talked about this being something um, about because this all came about from the most recent episode. This is going to have something to do with being able to either like see things ordinary eyes wouldn't be able to f- slash slash getting my memories back because that's something that uh, has been hinted at throughout the entire series. Which frankly, I I had a blast. I got to, uh, I had a blast on the edit to be able to go and put about a minute of audio from episode four in the beginning of episode 25. Um, but this is also something to do with getting my memories back. So, so, so Noah, can you, can you kind of help me with this? I, we, we yeah. had a brief conversation and I don't really remember the details about it. So what, what my, my initial, uh, idea for it was, was that, you know, once a day you can look at something and, you know, uh, glean uh, kind of kind of like a uh uh detect magic or mm-hmm. um oh what's the other one that i'm thinking of but like you can look at something and see its true form see what's happening with it i think you know especially with your memories or whatever if you're looking at something that is of importance to you of a, or of importance to the town you can see kind of its history um you know, I, I so essentially like, we're giving me like uh, Assassin's Creed Eagle view or Geralt vision, yeah. whatever. Um, yeah. If this was a video game, I'd press like middle mouse button and I could see footprints a little bit better than everyone else or like a scent exactly. trail of where someone has exactly. been. Which or I mean, like if you're looking at somebody with with this idea that we keep tossing around of, oh, people are becoming monsters or mm-hmm. you, know, you can look at somebody or even like with these shapeshifters, you can look at somebody and see who or what they really are. Um, so what mechanically, how do you see this working? Mm. Just like once a day, it's, would I use my hoodoo modifier for this role? Uh, would I use, come up with just a, I make a, 
frontier role to see something that ordinary human eyes couldn't? Uh, like, how would how would I write this on a character sheet? I like the idea of it being hoodoo-based, especially since we don't have a whole lot of hoodoo-based mm-hmm. things, but also we don't have a lot of hoodoo-based things, so I don't know if that really makes sense with our idea of hoodoo is just kind of yeah our catch-all for whenever we want things to get weird. But also, we're getting into some weird stuff. Um, I, I do like the idea of it being like, okay, you, you get an advantage on the frontier check. And we, we, we put our, like, this base mechanics, that's what it is. Okay. Is you get advantage on the frontier check. Um, we can spice that up. So, um, and what do you, I, I want to hear from the other two, too. Do you guys think this is too weird for Dale? Or, like, what, what are you thinking about this ability? I think it makes sense with kind of like the progression of Dale's character. Um, the kind of, we, I feel like we've started to delve more into kind of like his backstory and just kind of like the weird stuff going on with him. I think it, it makes sense to kind of continue that. Cool. So for phrasing for me to write on my character sheet, um, I, I have advantage on a frontier check uh, to see something ordinary eyes couldn't. Yeah. I like that. Cool. It's called True Sight. So that's what Dale's getting. And I, I want to throw this flavor out for you as my fellow players, too. I don't want Dale to necessarily realize that, like, his eyes are glowing or, or like, mm-hmm. white or anything. Uh, that'll be a fun role play for the first time I use this mechanically um because i'm excited to that that is my and that can that can be how we can kind of round out this backtrack episode we've got 15 episodes left um what is maybe our goal (laughs) not necessarily our spoiler goal but something we want to (laughs) something we want to delve into before red bet is over for me it's dale's memory gap it's dale's 10 years gone i want to make sure that that gets addressed um in the in the next 15 episodes and I'm, I'm looking forward to that i have a good idea of what it is now um but in the nature of rpg roulette i am i will hint to things what things dale says and stuff um and if i'm game master and everything but i will still let that be a little bit loose for everyone um but what uh, i guess noah you probably have the most concrete idea <laughs> about your goals yeah, I, I i think that i mean to put it to put it in a non-spoilery kind of way one second i've got to think of how i want to phrase this because <laughs> okay i know i know exactly what i want to do but I'm, i i don't want to be very blunt about it and more of like keep it vague here for the folks yeah. at home mine was i want to delve into dale, dale's 10-year gap not i want to dale, delve into how dale was <laughs> <laughs> i think it's kind of a two-parter is who the McCullens are. Cool. And like like why they're important and what Roy is going to do about that. Intriguing. This is our teaser trailer for the final 15 episodes. <laughs> uh let whichever one of you has an idea go first. Um I will say my goal is kind of to really just kind of examine this kind of uh i don't know if decision is the right word but like oliver is definitely very torn um you know he's one of the only shifters left on one hand on the other hand he was you know the sheriff of rusty peaks for a long time um you know obviously he has very strong feelings about you know how things are going to work out with like renias and stuff so you know he just has kind of a lot of decisions to make and yeah uh, dive into uh, because 
he has an identity crisis probably coming up mm-hmm. on is he a Ornaius worshiping shifter or is he the protect a protector of Rusty Peaks? Absolutely. That'll be interesting. Luke, you got anything? My goal is for us to do a uh, combat on mounted horseback. Mm. <laughs> that sounds incredible. There are fun. there are rules about it in the, in the book. <laughs> cool. I'm sure that we will end up in a situation where that'll happen. I'm sure that's our final teaser. Um, you probably got some more combat to look forward to as we round out this story because. While we will try to talk our way out of most situations, as we always do, we're getting into some situations where that might not be an option. All right. People going to, there's going to be bloodshed. Well, thanks everybody for listening to another episode of Backtrack, the show where we talk about our own show. (laughs) Um... As always, you can support the show by going over to Patreon if you want to listen to our bonus series. We've got two now. We've got um, Hot Table, where Luke leads us through the Troika system. Troika! Bunch of fun. Kind of loose, anything goes fantasy podcast. I I describe it as if Monty Python and and D&D had a baby. Mm-hmm. That is a very good way to explain it. I think it's I it's like it's that. almost. Or if, if Monty Python made a made a tabletop role playing game, that's what Troika would be. Yeah, it's good. Uh, almost Monty Python and Rick and Morty kind of blended together. Not in the like like not in the <laughs> down on the world crass and crass crudeness, but in the like we'll we can end up in a world where everyone has fruit for heads. You know, in, in that sense. And of, that does happen. And, and that does happen. Um, <laughs> and we've also got premiering this month RPG Roulette Nickel, where uh, we are playing the Pokemon 5e system, and Noah is leading us through that. So if you want to listen to that, you can over to the Patreon, check that out. Uh, it starts at just $2 a month. You get access to everything there, even to the lowest tier. And at the highest tiers, we give you a thank you. So thank you to Tabor CCU, Monohim, and Mr. Grant Howell for helping us keep this show afloat means the world to us and we will be back at you in it is march already isn't it? uh we'll be back oh, at yeah. you later in march with uh episode 26 of red bet thanks for listening everybody and thanks for for sticking with us on this long crazy stretch that is rpg roulette bye, bye. goodbye no wheels to be spun today bye.